Cyber criminals are absolutely after your credentials, whether they be stolen, whether it's insider threats through malicious intent or errors or whatever the case might be. But identity really is a significant risk to the security of an organization and the sensitive data that organizations hold so close. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. I have two guests today. My colleague, Gil Kirkpatrick, who's a 16-time Microsoft MVP, and the guy who gave us the Directory Experts Conference, and me personally, a really good identity quote I've been using for years. And my special guest today is Julie Smith, uh, Executive Director of the Identity Defined Security Alliance. Hi to both of you. Hey Sean, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to it's great to have you, uh, Julie. It's been a little while, but we go back to the early days of the Cloud Identity Summit. You're executive director of this alliance, of this organization, this community. Um, it's a very important work that you and your community is doing. Tell us tell us what it's about, and tell us sort of what is the problem that the IDSA was formed to address. Sure. We hope we're doing good work and contributing back to the, the identity and security community as a whole. And just to give you a little bit of a background on the IDSA, um, it was a started originally in actually 2015 by Ping Identity. Uh, and then in 2016, Optive Security got involved. And that's the point where I became introduced to the IDSA. At that time, it was it was more just of a small group of vendors. And the idea was that, you know, there's a lot of different organizations out there, CyberArk, SailPoint, uh, Ping, everyone's starting to talk about identity at the center of security. And we felt like if we took a step back and elevated that message from a vendor-specific story to a a industry story uh, and a strategy story that we that would carry more weight and might reduce the amount of confusion in the industry, et cetera. So um, around that time, around 2016 or so, identity was identified uh, and compromised credentials was identified by the Verizon Data Breach Incident Report as the leading cause of breaches, as, in, as the leading cause of data breaches. And I think up until that point in time, identity had become or had been an operational function with cloud, with cloud applications, with mobile devices exploding and, and all of these applications that now employees primarily were using to do uh, their daily jobs. Identity at the time was very operational in nature, needed to have access to the applications to, to do their daily work. And, and I think with that Verizon data breach incident report, it sort of put identity on the radar as a potential security risk. And so that identity security connection became apparent. Um, if you fast forward to research we've done recently, 79% of the organizations that we surveyed had suffered an identity-related breach in the last two years. So all of that to say that really the mission of the IDSA is to 
primarily helps security practitioners, because I think we preach to the uh, choir when we talk to identity people, that identity really needs to be a core component of your security strategy, that cyber criminals are absolutely after your credentials, whether they be stolen, whether it's insider threats um, through malicious intent or errors or whatever the case might be. But identity really is a significant risk to the security of an organization and the sensitive data that organizations hold so close. I know I recognize your 79% research results because I use that in my presentations regularly. It's a pretty appalling number. That's great to hear. And actually, if you take the time uh, element out of it, 94% of the organization said they had suffered an identity-related breach at some period of time. So it's pretty it's pretty ubiquitous out there. So that, that identity security connection is something that, that very clearly needs to be addressed by cybersecurity professionals. Right. So what you're saying is, you know, we identity professionals... We, we're personally like, oh, good. Identity finally is the center of the universe. We always thought it was the center of the universe. Uh, but this is to evangelize this and to security professionals that have not necessarily thought that way before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we think of our mission as sort of elevating the role of identity among the security professionals. And so advocating for identity-centric security strategies from all levels, from the CISO all the way down to you know, the security architect, or even in some cases, the, uh, the implementation team. You know, One of our board members talks about one of our goals is to create uh, the next generation of CISOs who are identity aware. When I was at Optiv, there was a CISO organization who would do a lot of strategy work and consulting work for CISOs uh, around the country. And there were a few of those. I'd say there were probably 15 or so former CISOs in that group. Probably three or four of them really believed that identity was important to their security strategies, and they'd advocate for that. The rest of the former CISOs said, we run away from it as fast as we can because uh, it's, you know, it's hard. And, it, and, and this is you know, four or five years ago. I think we've come a long way. But identity was considered sort of challenging. It's operational. It's messy. It's not something that I as a CISO want to get involved with. Um, so it is very much about advocacy and, and providing resources for practitioners to make that identity security connection with technologies that they may already have in their uh, deployed in their environment today. One, one of the things that really appealed to me about IDSA and the way it was organized, this actually goes back to the work that I did with the Directory Experts Conference too, is that it's it's not sort of the classical consortium of vendors. It's it's actually the contributing individuals from those vendors who are working together um, to put together resources and information and training for people so that they can become more aware of the importance of identity in the, in the security realm. So it's, it's not all the vendors trying to sell their products. It's, it's really more of an educational thing. And uh, it, watching the groups, watching the people from the different vendors work together is, uh, it's, it's really exciting and gratifying too. Yeah, it's the, com- the conversations we have in these technical working groups are pretty, um, they're, they're exciting and they're interesting and, and you can just see the energy in the room. 
when these folks get together and there's 24 uh, vendor members, solution providers and uh, identity vendors and security vendors that come together. And then we do have a customer advisory board that provides some oversight. But when these guys come together and gals um, and talk about these topics that are, they've got deep expertise in these in this area and they they share ideas and they come together and they address problems that they're hearing from their customers and they're seeing in the industry and work together to produce resources like our uh, framework that you can find out on our website. Describe the framework. And actually, I was also curious about if you could, since we were talking about the, uh, the groups, what sort of working groups do you have? Yeah. So, you know, in the research we talked about a minute ago, we've actually done two research projects, uh, the state of identity, which was sort of focused on more organizational management and alignment of identity and security functions. The identity security work in progress uh, was more specifically oriented towards, you know, what's going on in, in inside an organization as it relates to breaches and, and in what case are organizations seeing fewer breaches? You know, what is it that they're doing differently? Um, so we're doing research and uh, there's a lot of blogs and articles that are being published and customer stories and webinars. And so, you know, all of those are free resources and educate on key topics around this identity security connection. Um, but the framework is sort of the body of work, if you will, that the IDSA and, and our member communities and our practitioners come together to develop. And it consists of best practices. And those are really around sort of identity and access management best practices, some security best practices, but they're sort of foundational in nature. You know, back to this this idea that identity is hard. Just what are the things that you really need to focus on to set a solid identity foundation? Uh, and then we've developed and published what we call security outcomes and implementation approaches. And those outcomes are focused on, you know, what is it that you are trying to achieve from a security perspective? So perhaps continuously discovering access rights for all of your users, for example, would be an outcome. And then there's, you know, the benefits of why you would want to do that. You want to stay on top of shifting access rights and you want to prevent people from being over-provisioned and getting access that they shouldn't have. And then the implementation approaches are different ways that you can achieve that particular outcome, but in a vendor neutral way, back to, to Gil's comment, is that we are creating these materials without you know, leaving our vendor hats at the door and, and really thinking about it at a higher level from the technologies that have been deployed. And then the last thing we're doing is really looking at um, sort of bigger strategic initiatives and the one that, you know, as everybody is, is sort of focused on right now is zero trust. And so how do we advocate and elevate the role of identity and zero trust initiatives? And I'll tell you, we published a blog that was about the latest NIST publication, SP207, which is their zero trust architecture. And our technical working group had provided comments last fall. And so when the final publication came out, we were excited to see that there was a bigger emphasis on identity than there had been in that original um, original version. So I, I hit on at least one, or actually two of the technical working groups, back to your question, Sean. Um, we have a technical working group that's focused on zero trust and continuing to build out content to help organizations uh, achieve identity-centric zero trust. And we have one on beyond best practices. So uh, where do we take the best practices we've established today and how do we continue to add to it? The other areas that we're focused on are DevSecOps. So how does identity play into those processes and tools that organizations are beginning to adopt? Um, AI and machine learning. 
you know, how does that impact identity and, and how can uh, organizations leverage those emerging technologies to uh, make their organizations more secure, whether it's access authentication, et cetera. Customer identity and access management, you know, we focus more primarily on employees, but uh, obviously customer identity and access management has a different set of challenges and a different set of security uh, issues that need to be addressed. Um, NIST comparison, so how things like the, the SP-207, 800-207 that came out. And then the last one is really how do organizations prepare for an identity-centric strategy? What are the kind of things that they can do? What kind of questions do they ask? Who are the stakeholders that need to be involved? So lots of different working groups working on lots of different areas that I'm excited to see what they produce. I like the fact that so much of what you describe is very actionable. Here's the stuff that you can do to move your company forward in addition to learning resources about these different aspects. Certainly another aspect of that is the the NIST, the NIST overlay, because NIST is widely familiar, I think, the cybersecurity framework is pretty familiar, but it's difficult to put that into actionable steps necessarily, or it's it's very time consuming to wade through it and into actionable steps. So any guidance on there that make it easier is a good thing. And that's that's the group that uh, uh, Sempris is involved in, and that I'm I'm working with is is working out the the overlaps and places where we connect with the NIST framework. And it's interesting because it's not just the cybersecurity framework. NIST has you know half a dozen publications on identity specific related things, as well as a lot of other cybersecurity um, components. So there's a there's a lot of area where we can. Um, explain the identity component of what NIST is talking about because identity hasn't been that high on NIST's list of things to cover. And I think our with our focus on identity and how it relates to security, I think we can improve those those documents substantially. You know, one of the things that we have seen, it's a truism by now that COVID affects everything. But one of the things I'm wondering from your point of view, Julie, is what we've seen in the industry is that a lot of organizations have been uh, on the fence about cloud or hybrid solutions. And the stampede to remote work has pushed a lot of organizations into using SaaS apps for the first time, like Zoom or Teams or VDI solutions. And so you have organizations that were on the fence about using cloud technologies, and now they been forced into adopting them. So it's not unreasonable to assume that there's a lot of orgs out there that are now in the cloud and are really not very conversant or that are not very mature in it. Have you seen like an uptick of interest or of, are you seeing this cohort that's showing up going, oh no, now I'm in the cloud, what do I do? We've seen definitely elevated interest in zero trust, and we've done a couple of blogs on remote workforce. Um, and certainly, there's security outcomes that relate specifically and you know tie back to to zero trust. I would say you know just the idea that you know people are no longer in your uh, in your network in your office, and so identity is the new perimeter. One of the other things that's interesting to me is there's organizations who say, absolutely not, we're in the cloud, but then you start asking them about applications that they might use in their daily business. Do you use Salesforce? Do you use WebEx? Do you use Zoom? And these are applications that probably have been around for some time. And so people don't necessarily, when they think of cloud, I think sometimes they think of 
uh, more public, you know, AWS and, and uh, right. platforms like that, as opposed to these cloud applications that they're actually using. So I think, you know, identity for a long time, it has been that, that bridge to enable users, regardless of where the users are, regardless of where the applications are, uh, you know, to provide, and regardless of what, what device you're using to be able to provide secure access. It's an interesting thing to say, to point to, you know, the unfortunate situation we find ourselves in, but for identity folks, I think it drives home uh, this need that we've been preaching for identity and access management solutions to help secure your organization. Well, isn't zero, I mean, zero trust is one of the, the buzzwords in, the, in what Gartner calls the hype cycle, of course, but isn't zero trust more or less fundamental to the way cloud uh, applications and cloud security works because there is no network to trust. Gil, is that, is that a pretty good? Yeah, I think what's, what's really happening with the whole zero trust model, and, and it is a model, it's a way to, way to think about security and your application. It's not a, not a group of products that you can deploy. What's happened is in the past, it, it was a reasonable assumption to make that anything that can connect to your application is probably yours anyway. And that was a layer of security that you could count on. But, but now, obviously, the network's not yours. The servers aren't yours. The application's not yours. You just sort of rent it. Um, and the endpoints aren't yours anymore either because people are using their iPads and phones and, and their own PCs. So what's really happened is the, the perimeter that we used to think about which wasn't really a perimeter, but that's how we thought of it, has, has turned into essentially all of those places where you make an authorization decision, where an application either grants access or doesn't or denies access. And that's that's really what the perimeter is today. And and all of the systems that connect into it that provide the data that those applications use to make authorization decisions. And that's that's really what identity is about. It's it's about making that authorization decision when a person or a device tries to uh, access a resource. So yes, you know this is spurred on by the events of our time. Uh, this is being accelerated forward. So Julie, what would you recommend in terms of resources if someone wanted to? Is, is interested in uh, taking advantage of the uh, IDS Alliance, they would go to idsalliance.org and do what? The first thing I would recommend doing is hit the get started button. <laughs> there is kind of a series of steps and resources on one particular landing page that kind of walks you through. How do you, how do you get started with identity-centric security? Um, all of our resources are free, available just you know, pour through the content. I think the the one um, main area I would point you to are definitely the security outcomes. Uh, I'd, I'd click on the security outcomes. I'd focus on that section. There's uh, 16 of them published today. You can kind of sort them based on, on different keywords, but I would definitely check out the security outcomes uh, as a first step. You know, and the second step really would be, we'd love, you know, if this is a, a topic that's near and dear to you and you're interested in giving back to the community, you know, we are, for the most part, as I mentioned, 24 vendors, lots of experience in the in the conversations that we have, but we do want to get the voice of the practitioner 
involved in what we're developing. So, you know, we have our customer advisory board that's about eight folks that are high level um, security leaders, but the folks that are in the trenches are the ones I think that can come in and say, here's what the problem that I'm sol- I'm trying to solve today. Can you help me get there? This group of people that get together and, and talk about these challenges that our customers have. So go and sign up for our community would be the other advice. So one, look at the security outcomes on our website. Two, sign up for our community. And uh, if you feel so inclined, throw out some ideas around what kind of challenges you're facing, how we can help. So a great community of experienced practitioners that can both help you and then gives gives you the ability to provide feedback into areas that you feel are important. Exactly. Well, great, Julie. Thank you very much for this information. It definitely sounds like the IDSA is certainly someplace that I'm going to go to and do my own research and get my own extra understanding of it. We have it from attending conferences and from just sort of the zeitgeist of everything that is going on nowadays. But having research from the practitioners and specific ways to improve your security posture, that's great to have this all in one place. Yeah, it's, it's an outstanding collection of resources and it's, it's growing really quickly too. If you're a security person that only has a, you know, a passing familiarity with identity, it's, it's an outstanding place to go educate yourself on, on how identity relates and get some of those key concepts in your head so you can start thinking about your, your security posture more in, a, in an identity framework rather than a networking framework. Which we're clearly seeing is becoming critical to protecting yourself against the types of attacks that we're seeing today. Exactly. Well, thank you both for making it today. It's been a great conversation. I look forward to going out to the idsalliance.org website and understanding more about it and more of what you have to offer. Thanks again. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.